I think there needs to be a tour for Black Americans to visually look at the home lives of middle class America and see if they're exaggerating or not. Because surely, surely they must be exaggerating. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of 13 Reasons Why. Season 1, Episode 7, Tape 4, Side A. This is the longest tapes ever. We got six episodes to go, and I feel as if I am still not at the center of this controversy because things still feel relatively with the exception of the sexual assaults rather petty high school bullshit that we are experiencing but also I feel as if there is some gaps in Hannah's home life that I think may shed a little bit more insight but it feels as if this show has the intent to focus solely on the social and the school aspect of it I understand it's a show it's a tv show I have to remind myself that they are tackling issues but they are not in fact you know dealing in nonfiction. this episode was written by Elizabeth Benjamin who worked on Man in the High Castle and Law and Order Criminal Intent which is my shit Directed by Craig Araki, who worked on Kaboom. I gave this episode a lower score, 6.2 out of 10. I'm kind of, I, it's bad to say, I guess, but I'm kind of bored with Hannah's monologues. I, I get we're supposed to be understanding and knowing the character, but I'm slightly over Hannah Baker. <laughs> And it is an interesting character arc to center so many other characters around. And when I say I'm just bored in the Hannah side, I we all these tapes are leading up to her eventual suicide. We know how this story ends. It's a sad fate. But I do feel that there are two sides to every story and we are only getting the Hannah Baker story and that there may be other facets or falsets to explore that are more interesting than just the Hannah Baker perspective. Maybe that made it less uh, egregious to say. But hey, it's my honest fucking review. So Hannah is talking about loneliness and how statistically humans need interaction to be successfully happy in life. And without it, we can prematurely die. (laughs) Like the death toll increases by 20% if you are not happy in your life and if you're an isolationist type of person. And this is true. Now, there is the caveat, there are some people out there like myself who do not need constant social interaction in which to be happy. I think there's a balance that needs to be had. I do think people do not spend enough time self 
reflecting, having some introspection, but that is my personal opinion. Uh, she also says no one wants to feel isolated. Clay clearly looking like a damn trauma victim when he overhears his parents discussing Hannah's death. And the kitchen definitely fits the, or is starting to, I'm not sure with Clay. He feels as if he's just having a mental break more so than he is a depressed kid. And I think there needs to be a distinction between Hannah and Clay. Like they're not the same person. They're not going through the same thing. This is something that happened to his friend and it is causing him to have a psychotic break because he feels an overwhelming amount of guilt, but also because he was in love with her. But then also something else happened I have a feeling with that kid Jeff that started Clay down this path and Hannah is sending him over the edge. The mom is saying, hey, we should take Clay to some counseling. At least he can talk to someone, even if it's not us. The dad's like, well, I don't need, you know, they don't always need to express verbally what's going on with them. And at this point, I did feel, and I wrote in my notes, men always take that position that, you know, men don't need to to have conversations. You know, that's a woman's thing. And that's why so many men are out there that have a toxic, very toxic relationship with their emotions because they don't know how to, to honestly convey how they are feeling because they've been taught by their fathers who've been taught by their fathers this facade of masculinity that was conceived so many years ago that men are not supposed to feel or at least not feel and readily express it right clay goes to school because he's like uh yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna buy some school lunch can i wait to show everyone hey i'm listening to these tapes because he comes into the school all the time listening to this tapes justin continues to mean mug him while clay is simmering on the inside and he lets some of that out when he sees a new girl trying to get into hannah's locker i thought his whole entire actions were aggressive and I feel as if, like, where are the teachers ever in this school? You can't tell me that in all these classrooms, there is no hall monitors. No one, no, that I don't believe that. But he tells her, oh, you know, this was a friend of mine's locker. Okay, and that gives you the right to, one, why are they handing out that locker so quick? They are the law of the lockers in the school. They needed to give hannah's away so quickly but they had a lot of foreign exchange students coming in so apparently this is a very popular school and space is tight clay says he's sorry opens the girl's locker then he hallucinates that the new girl tells him that he's fucked up for what he did to hannah so now not only is he having auditory hallucinations but he's having vision visual hallucinations as well oh, Lord. and this is 
for me me and any other uh clay and sherry shippers why i wasn't so excited about the concept of him being in a relationship with anyone never mind cherries because he is in a much darker headspace than everyone else is i'm and we'll get to the end of this episode where i feel some of these re- the reaction to how i want to cover up my role in hannah's dead like if i was on these tapes and i did some of this shit i'm not even gonna lie i wouldn't even be so concerned <laughs> like clay would not bother me at all like creeping taking photos guy yes wrong but even at that your age or juvenile you probably need help anyway so it's probably for the best that you get said assistance and you know some of this other stuff like with the zach stealing the compliments it's so childish so very childish that i would not be like oh my god i'm so worried about what would happen if anyone discovered what i did i think there is this room you have to give or it's just an inevitability just like you're going to crash your first fucking car that people kids are going to do stupid things they're going to make the wrong decisions people in general sometimes are going to fuck up they don't always know how that fuck up's going to affect someone else but nor should your life be completely ruined over the fact that you stole a girl's compliments out of her bag which was only one compliment uh and then that you took inaction after the fact i that's why i think i lowered this episode scores because i felt hannah's reaction was entirely and i and i know the the catch 22 speaking that other side of my mouth is that she clearly wasn't in the right mental space as well because there is that but at the same time someone would be able to step like if you were tony in this situation who's not on the tapes to take homeboy aside and say hey you fucked up you made a mistake you don't need to be persecuted in the same class as say marcus who put his hand up her fucking skirt or even uh bryce who sexually assaulted her as well physically they don't they're not the same category and to be lumped in and all of them acting as if they're this hannah's tape club together as if they're all guilty of the exact same menacing crime i find that rather far-fetched various degrees to behavior in which you can apologize and move forward and then there's other other times in which there should be consequences and your actions should be judged hannah as i was stating earlier um is far more depressed than any relationship clay having with her would absolve and i i wanted to be very clear on that too because they it could be easy to say in clay's mind you know hey if one thing because i think maybe i don't know maybe that came up i'm not sure but clay said something to the effect that it he thought that if he had reached out maybe he said this earlier i could be confusing episodes but him being the the person that's writing her these bunnies right 
it is something sweet and nice that she's clinging on to but if this is all you have to cling on to i question that right i think that what clay is feeling is an abnormal amount of guilt that is completely unwarranted and that could just be my interpretation but he being her boyfriend i think would not have been enough for hannah to not still be because she the way she's talking about how she's lonely that no one is around for her and you know that support doesn't come from a relationship that that comes from inside you have to love yourself before you can love someone else and that's where i'm me and the show are are conflicting about their opinion or their um the role that they're assigning to clay in this by having him be someone who also had these very strong romantic feelings for hannah flashback once again to communications class the teacher does allow pratters to wonder aloud when this girl admits that she is being fat shamed and she cries and sherry always seems like she's a a very nice person always being a friend and he says well if you don't want to be fat shamed why don't you go on a diet and zach does call him an asshole and a dickwad for being so insensitive about the fact that that's the most idiotic thing you could possibly say but apparently people are meant to be expressive in communications class I have never had anything like that in my entire life. Now, is it just the actress or my interpretation of the actress looks, but it feels as if every boy that smiles her way, she has instant affection for. And she was clearly making all types of, oh, you're talking to me. This is so wonderful. Like there is a lack of self-esteem issue with Hannah. And I'm not sure why her parents did not recognize this i know you should not parent shame i i i don't know this whole story but this is this is also not non-fiction this is fiction <laughs> and from what they've shown in the in the show i can't see how they would have not noticed that she doesn't have quite the same i mean i know she i don't know because she said she has no friends in this episode and you would think you're you're like my daughter didn't have no friends and even in fucking preschool or kindergarten we clearly talk about that and it was a point of sadness and i had to get her through that time where she just did not have friends people were mean and they were bullying at this school and i was always got her back and i always took her you know not took her side but you know i would always say hey this is where it could have been this way this the other way but i always was in her corner you know what i mean but we we did have to like i was fully aware of the fact that because when i'd be like hey have a sleepover go hang out with this you, you know when your daughter or when your child is coming going who she hanging with or if she's hanging with herself all the time and if she's hanging with herself all the time as a parent you would think you'd ask 
Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> do you need to like do? And then there's, I hate this. I think I said this before. There's not, school is not the only, and that's what we ended up doing was that we went to other places in which he would find some companionship. Like we did the neighbor's house. Like there was a whole bunch of neighbors who had kids and they became her bestest friends. Okay. Pop, lop, and drop it every summer. And that's, that's the avenue you have to go. But she wonders, Hannah, why Zach needs compliments as he's like the most popular boy ever. And he has the greatest smile. And she's getting random bunny drawings that are like, hey, Hannah. And it's so very fifth grade cute. It's unfortunate that Clay just, because I don't know about Clay either. He seems sweet, but he also seems as if he's that boy that's slowly catching up. And that's fine. But I'm, and it, it touches her. But she doesn't see me or even not me. I'm sorry. If she was looking for compliments, she, the way she was looking for compliments, she would want to know who was drawing her the bunny. She would. She would ask. She would look around. She kind of seemed like she thought it was Clay. It was totally Clay, right? <laughs> it was totally. He was like, oh, it's totally. My eyes are saying it. Um, but she mentions this class or these notes were her lifeline, it seems, until Zach cut him off. But she doesn't mention it was Zach. First, she says, I'm going to play some mind games. And this is where I'm like, girl, uh, these tapes are a little. Okay, I said I wasn't going to complain about the tapes. Presently, Clay is losing his shit as he thinks he is listening to his tape. And he freaks out about it because this is the class that he was in as well. And he runs into Tony in the hallway. And he's like, I think this is my tape. And Tony's like, I'm here if you need to talk. And Tony uh or at least clay doesn't hear tony say that he hears tony say you deserve what you got flashback after marcus's assault zach thinks the best way to cheer up a girl who has been assaulted is to do a spoon trick or pay for her lunch or her milkshakes and offer some lame apology for someone else i get what he was doing here but if you're going to step in in this moment you're going to do the right thing you're not going to do like you're you were just hanging with these guys there's no reason why in hell she would be comfortable with you being so close after such a close physical assault with people that you consider your friends clay then in the cafeteria in present day realizes this tape isn't his it's zach's he looks over at Zach. Zach's looking at him because they seeing them beats and they know he's listening to the tapes. And then she, Hannah talks about if the jocks ever notice the bookworms and uh, I'm so over the job. I mean, I guess she said popular people and she says popular people are popular because they're mean. I'm not sure what high school you went to, but that was not the case. <laughs> popular people usually had to be like you could be in a bitch but you also for the most part needed to be seen well i don't know it depends on which clique you were in but if, if it came to bullying bullying like the way they be doing it up in this high school nah son first and foremost a lot of people would have beat the shit out of some of these dudes ass nah uh -uh, there is a different culture there is there is some differences to the culture 
And as far as the bookworms, I can assure you we the ones holding down jobs and have lives that are not attached to crack pipes and the justice system just putting it out there my sister was probably the most popular girl in high school and not only that though she was smarter smart as a whip top 10 in her class but shit she ain't had anything called street smarts and knowledge or learned responsibility and what that meant so all that popularity when it hits the real world where they don't give a shit about any of the shit you cared about in high school yeah people find themselves grappling with that and it don't always end well and i can tell you right now every story with the popular kid didn't seem to end well so keep your head in the damn books and be a functioning member of society marcus is campaigning at this time so this must be for uh be before he was head of the honor board zach is watching hannah as she's in the cafeteria reading her book he goes over to try to start off conversation she blows him off he says well i'm kind of shocked you showed up with marcus i was hoping that you were gonna have me on your valentine and i understand hannah's upset at this moment like hey i i'm not gonna be played for a fool once again she calls him an idiot yells at him to leave when he is being rather sincere like i do like you for you not because you have a great ass and she tells him to leave her the hell alone in front of everybody embarrassing him and to the delight of fat face bryce oh i feel like his tape is definitely coming up speaking of that that evil looking face (laughs) it just looks as if he has done terrible terrible and most likely rapey things uh the group surprisingly teased zach about trying to hook up or or make nice with hannah saying you know i wouldn't try that girl marcus you are ugly as fuck you look like a goddamn alien what the hell you mean you wouldn't try that girl he is teased out of the cafeteria and she sees this and then all of a sudden makes him her tar uh we'll, we'll get to there we'll get to there something that zach says uh that i thought was very relevant saying that hannah knows sometimes you bring this shit on yourself I think there is a measure of truth in there just a measure but he wants to get revenge for embarrassing him but both of y'all are acting out on misunderstanding perspectives because it's clear to me by the end of this episode something's going on with zach as well they also make fun of the fact that they say his parents will need to hire him a hooker to lose his virginity which is interesting clay comes home to dad on the porch and they do have a nice conversation where we get dad's perspective first he lies about tony having his bike then the dad says well look i was the target (laughs) more than once i was bullied 
but I got through it because I had something to hang on to. I had chess club, I had this, I had that, and I was like, thank you, show, for proving my point and that I'm not just talking crazy. And he says, you know, despite your mom's methods of just pushing medication on you <laughs> and disagreeing with that, uh, you do need something to anchor you in the chaos because you will get through it and you will have a nice fucking life because he says, I have a beautiful fucking family and i thought that was nice because it does seem as if the parents are close especially the dad and the son and he says well i am going to go to a basketball game tonight i will say this clay goes on a vengeance thing i don't like it i don't think it's appropriate i don't think it's his right i don't feel he is doing something that is how if you want to do something clay go to the fucking police hand the tapes over give them to your attorney mom anything other than i'm gonna walk around mope and be unhappy about the fact that i have to keep this secret the whole premise of that that they're putting on the show oh that's a hard one man that's a hard one if you're gonna have a character acting out like i can get if he's fearful but he doesn't seem fearful at all so particularly by the end of this episode so if you're gonna do it fucking do it stop talking about it the hannah baker tape club members immediately surround clay because he don't show up at these games marcus is there first courtney's like oh okay she's nicely what are you doing here marcus like marcus is like what the fuck are you doing here what's your play now because we know you up to something then creepy always laugh when creeper tyler shows in because he's like i want to be a part of the crowd he's so happy to be a part of this club even if everyone curses him out about the pictures he's taken <laughs> and call him names and throw it he's like i don't give a shit i'm part of this i want to know what's going on what's going on then mr porter comes over because he probably a part of the damn club too talking about hey what's going on these two these these uh these look nice over here these sweatshirts you guys did a great job great job marcus uh says let's take a picture let's take a picture let's let clay glow let clay go clay don't know what he want to do at this game he imagines that he goes onto the court attacks zach but it's snapped back to the reality by the black coach telling him skinny kid get the fuck off off the court get off the damn court sherry asks after his welfare tell me how you feel about this i'm glad that they showed a shot or a perspective shot of sherry watching clay because he looked not well <laughs> he, he's, he's just standing there he don't know what he's doing he's like oh, oh okay if the game's starting i guess i should sit down so i i like that part showing that clay's just like from the inside out he 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 looks just like a basket case jessica shows up uh she's the one or no, she didn't showed up yet but she is missing she has decided to stop going to school instead of justin because he is actually on the damn basketball court and sherry covers for her flashback hannah is still getting bunnies from anonymous clay presently he once again hallucinates a conversation with tyler because first tyler comes over and he's like get the fuck away from me tyler he's like do you know how many times i hear that (laughs) y'all need to watch out for tyler he seems like he will shoot up a school just saying and that's the thing i'm like why are y'all not looking at these signs there are walking signs going around why is why is 
the Tyler's dad not calling the school saying, look, people are throwing fucking rocks at my son's house or his window. What the hell? You got a girl that committed suicide. There needs to be a little bit more going on in this community. But Tyler says, I'm here on official business. But he imagines that Tyler's like, I know what you did last summer. And that he knows he's planning and plotting more revenge because this is Clay talking to himself. Like, what am I going to do? What do I want to do to Zach? I'm just going to stare him down during the entire game where he scores 40 fucking points because he's that damn good. (laughs) Tyler, of course, catches a foul ball and he just stands there holding it and Tyler has to throw it back. Jessica shows up to the game late and the coach is like, look, girl, I don't know what's going on. You missed practice two times. If you need to talk, I'm here for you. But for this game, you are benched. Bryce gets her not to leave and says, come sit with us and invites her to drink with the crew. And Justin does not look happy. Flashback once again, Zach was stealing her compliments. She realized because he was hiding around the corner just to see her face when she didn't get no compliments. So she wrote a letter to him about how she felt and she put it in her own bag so that he would steal it and run out the room. And then apparently she watched him or she thought she watched him wad the note up, discard it. And so she went down the hall screaming at him, why me? Clay hallucinates Hannah's body at the game on the court and freaks out. Again, I don't know how any faculty member or parent at this game did not say, hey, um, (laughs) Mrs. Jensen, we may need to talk about your son. But he leaves, then decides he's going to key Zach's car. Why me? It's a fucking expensive, I don't even know. It looks like it costs $60,000. When he is busted by Sky, who this show is really trying to make me like as a character, but she feels and looks like a 24-year-old, 25-year-old woman who's had a crush on Clay forever, and I used to be your best friend, and then you went out and liked other people, and now you're pining after a dead girl, and it's okay for me to say that, because, you know, it wasn't me, and he's like, why are you so mean to me, and then she's like, well, you know, why, why we were friends, and you you're the one that stopped being friends with me and he's like i don't know what happened and she's like well welcome to the world and i'm like well what does that even mean kiss my entire ass honestly i could have lived without this entire scene i don't like sky i don't care about sky if your life is going good which it seems it is you got a job you know you're putting down that nine to five and i would just do that instead of chasing um this ten this this mentally unstable boy who needs a psychic facility instead of you mean crushing on him and she says i won't say anything clay confesses to tony at monet's because that's where tony hangs out now that he keyed zach's audi and tony's very incredulous about the fact are you fucking he says i don't know what the fuck is wrong with you but you do not key another or you do not fuck with another dude's car tony the car dude is telling clay he has went too far tony insistently through this entire episode which i felt was very repetitive dialogue and the only thing that tony apparently can say and i wish clay would just stop asking 
uh, as I can help you get through this. He then has another very brief scene with his boyfriend, date, I don't know, who brings Clay a very tall vanilla latte, the drink, and Clay doesn't even ask for the shit to go. Rude. It's a waste of a drink. Feeling at rock bottom, she texts her only friend left in the world, which is Jessica, but she does not respond or show up at Monet's and Hannah's like it's fine you only gave me a ride home so I guess we weren't friends and that's a whole lot Hannah I mean I get it Jessica I don't know what was going on with you but at the same time this high school man (laughs) I think if you would have texted the words I think I might kill myself tonight I am that lonely you might have gotten a different response but hey can we talk I mean, sure, but if then your boyfriend or the guy you're really into says, hey, you want to hang out tonight? In high school, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. It's a sad, sad truth. This show must have came out before Euphoria. I bet you this was like, oh my God, look how scandalous these kids are. And then Euphoria came out on HBO and you was like, nah, these kids is fucking children. <laughs> Shit, know, Euphoria got some stuff going on. Uh, Clay comes home, stares at the tapes, goes to sleep, and then when he wakes up, uh, Zach's mom's at his house with Zach, who looks like he would rather not be there, saying, hey, we need to talk about your son and what he was doing at the time that my kid's uh, car was being being uh vandalized because i was there and i saw that he wasn't looking well flashback once again hannah wrote a very deep deep suicidal thought on a napkin uh i have feelings about this because what is a cry for help versus intention sinking i'm glad it was already brought up during the class and communications and i think it was valid to put it there because this is a very questionable action on hannah's part we're hearing that she is from her perspective at rock bottom however these actions i mean if i guess i just i still have this whole if you don't want to tell the people around you it's fine there's no reason not to tell the person that would listen which is the adults and i feel that's the part even in this scene where she's blaming Zach, focusing all of her, well, you didn't stand up for me and you you knew how I was feeling and you didn't say a word, but it's not his responsibility to say that word either. You're putting entirely too much pressure on someone who you don't yourself know what is going on in their life. You just assume they're popular, so their must life must be great. And that's an assumption on your part. So this napkin thing with Monet's and then she goes, she says the word, you let the class believe it was uh, Sky. So did you. So did you. You knew you were the one. You did not speak up. It's supposed to be anonymous. I get it. But at the same time, you didn't step in to say anything in Sky's defense. Sky didn't do anything to uh put you under the bus which she could have she took it because she's like hey if she wrote that shit on a napkin she must be going through some shit this must be a cry from help and she needs to get it if this is what you need to hear from people but you don't need 
like i don't know it, it's kind of she's 17 she's not 12 she's not 13 she's not 14 she's just about at the age of graduating and stepping into that real world where the training wheels are off so in some ways yeah i do feel you're a little old enough to know especially at the end of this where the teacher is giving out information on where you can get help and instead of being listening to that you're staring at zach like well why didn't you be my white knight and save me and that's where i find myself very problematic with hannah's thought process and why it's not okay to do this women everywhere you don't need to be saved by a man you need to be saved by yourself or by a support group of people who love you zach was just a guy who was trying to be nice and then got rejected it didn't seem like he had malicious intentions against you at all i understand why you would be suspicious of his actions he should have done more but at the same time he didn't personally do anything that wasn't innocent childish and did not know like when he read that note if he had kept afterwards taking her compliments and there's no indication that he did then i could see a much more malicious intent of oh zach you really did me wrong but for the most part he just he was like oh okay so i didn't know this this is so hot this is heavy i can't i can't put my hand around it i can't wrap my head around it and she made him responsible for something he wasn't responsible for then we go back to clay or zach's mom accusing clay of vandalism basically or wondering if he you know basically inferring that he may have done something because he was acting strange at the game and his parents are all you know you don't know my son and you spent too much money like you're all in judgment and then you're asking embarrassed when very frankly your son says yeah i did it and then you don't even go off i understand being like oh okay you just lied and you just embarrassed me and i'm gonna do this when they leave okay i can i can i can see that however both parents are way too chill way there's no anger they're just like we'll come inside i guess we'll exchange insurance information what the well can i have a moment alone with zach and then the mom and zach's mom's just like absolutely not his parents are already in the house and then zach's like yeah let's let's talk and then zach shows like hey one hannah either misremembered which i already said due to her mental deterioration she may have distorted events because once you start to feel woe is me everything becomes you become the absolute nutter victim and that he never threw away the the note that it was just too heavy and i didn't deal with it and i'm sorry but you know it's a perfectly normal natural reaction to someone bearing their soul and he says do you want to read it clay's like i could never i mean then uh i guess they don't even explain why clay did what he did they don't even ask for an explanation they just settle it out because the next scene is clay clay's parents saying well i don't know why he did what he did and then clay comes downstairs with the tapes and he's like 
uh, yeah, so I finished this assignment and I need to give it back to Tony because someone drive me. And then the mom's like, well, we decided that you must be grounded for two weeks. And she says it like she's almost afraid to like, oh, I have to ground you for two weeks. Is that enough? Or is that too much? Oh my gosh. What the fuck? Where is, like, even if you don't want to be the type that goes ghetto off, there needs to be way more going on in this conversation than you're grounded for two weeks. Are you out of my mind and you have to pay for the fucking damages? What? Then you have Hannah talking about at the end of her tape, which I thought was weird because uh, it doesn't even, it's not a complete, it's not a consistent thought, right? Where she's like, oh, well, maybe you had things going on too, Zach. Because you see, Zach is a very sensitive guy. He's teased a lot by his fellow friends that are supposed to be his friends. And if you're going to be that reflective, Hannah, in your tape, blaming him for your suicide or having a contributing factor, I find this to be uh, contradictory. Jessica is driving Justin and they discuss her leaving the game last night to go partying with Bryce in his hot tub and he's mad because she didn't return his text. He's like or she's like Bryce said he texted you he apparently did not come over because Bryce texted him but he didn't know that his girl was over there. So this starts to put him on edge and it's putting me on edge because we all at this point they're pretty much previewing previewing that Bryce molested Jessica Jessica has been told that this is a lie probably by Justin but and then Justin told everyone else that it's a lie but it's probably the truth which really is going to put me in a different that's why I kind of want to get to this storyline already because what happens why would Justin keep this quiet is there fear was he in i don't see him in on it because like i said he's he's almost afraid when he sees that bryce has taken jessica under his wing right it it creeps him out right so if he's having that reaction he's trying to be protective then that doesn't sound like someone who would well unless you're like you were involved and you don't want her to find out but that being the case are you really trying to tell me everyone else on the tape just also believe Justin that this didn't happen? What? And then if like something happened where she shorn her hair. So if this went even further and say Hannah herself was molested, which that is definitely they're hinting at that broadly because she has already been physically assaulted by several men in this group. Like those men I can understand but that that's where I get thrown off with guys like Alex who are like guys like Alex and, and Zach why would they why and even I don't know this is just Jessica I can understand because if she has to acknowledge one part's true then another part's true <laughs> and that's a lot to accept if clearly she don't recall anything happening that's a big that's why i think she's drinking i think that's gonna start to prey on her 
but some of these other people i'm not getting like i didn't get the perv boy being involved in it uh but even courtney courtney does not seem as, like her actions were silly and dumb and rumors and gossip even if it's hurtful gossip it's just that i mean people have to choose to believe or not believe if clay believes she was a slut and jacked off to her picture i mean clay you don't need to jump off a damn building because of it <laughs> i mean if you happen to believe the rumors were true then you know my bad move on does not warrant all of this uh all this angst but yeah i i'm really thrown off by the disproportionate behaviors in this group clay then goes to tony's they have the same conversation they've had for seven whole episodes but he leaves the tapes this time and then goes back to school this whole ending scene was like i at this point i was like why is the episode still going <laughs> then clay uh he's got this false chill for a persona he's like what's up bryce and bryce is like what the fuck clay and he tells sherry you did a great job at the game but then he hallucinates hannah's voice over the speaker and he's given this questionnaire and then he hallucinates once again and then he is saved before having a complete meltdown in communications class by mr porter who is assigned with courtney to show the foreign exchange students around the school so he does in the most sarcastic and uh disastrous way possible saying these are the people that will ruin your life and these are people who stole my bike and a girl committed suicide and everyone's trying to hide the truth but the truth will eventually come out and he's screaming in the middle of the hallway when mr porter tells everyone back to class clay come with me the group all just stare after clay because they know i mean like i said i <laughs> if i was in this group i'd be like i don't know why you ate hey, if everything else comes out in this i don't know what you want me to say but if i'm going to be dragged before the court of law it's embarrassing it's not enough for i don't know me doing some rumors versus me covering up for a, a rape charge is a huge difference <laughs> and that's where i feel accessory is where these tapes are coming in but only to a certain extent though because you'd be like hey i just listened to the fucking tapes <laughs> i didn't know what was true but uh yeah but tony is there as well strangely enough tony's like look clay chill the fuck out clay don't doesn't seem to want this to be out either and so the episode ends with justin yelling out okay new game and clay looking back at him like i don't give a shit because i want the whole thing to burn so justin i don't know what you think you're gonna do <laughs> none of your threats are going to work whatsoever with clay you need to just calm down sir and i think everyone else it should just at this point accept that this is gonna come out and it's gonna be bad and the best thing i can do is admit my wrongs now so that is the episode and my thoughts let's get to the feedback
before i do so i have to apologize for the noise if you heard thumps in the recording for my neighbors i try to find optimal times to record during the day in which they are not ratchet as fuck but it is 10:53 on a wednesday in which children should be in school or waking up to be in school and yet these motherfuckers are still going strong all the damn time i try to do it in editing to get the thumping out but if some has gotten in because i don't listen to it afterwards i do apologize but nothing i can do about it because they're just I'm, i'm just cursed to be with ratchet as fuck neighbors so we have just queen mimi tonight who says let me make sure i pull up the right episode no i don't have much to say about this episode it was a good episode but i just feel like it was mostly us watching clay slowly go insane greed he was teetering on the edge for a long time but i think in this episode he finally jumped right off the crazy cliff it's actually kind of understandable but i will say i don't know why the phone decided to go ahead and admit he kept zach's car or why the fool (laughs) decided to go ahead and admit that he keyed zach's car with a towel to take a shit to the grave it's actually kind of understandable but i will say i don't know why the phone decided oh wait i think you was dictating on these notes and i didn't even know you could dictate if if shot didn't tell me that secret i would have never known this and then i would have seen this sentence and been like what the hell but now because i know that information i know that must have been when you stopped and then started again and it just redid it so she says i don't know why she would have he would have admitted to keen zach's car i would have taken that shit to the grave the only person that saw clay key zach's car was sky and she straight up said she wasn't gonna tell anyone speaking of sky i really like her i'm glad you do and i'm wondering why her and clay fell out like they both seem like they could have been we are together and even at some point started dating no i don't like sky more than i like sherry and we did get a tiny bit of sherry this episode but i'm gonna need her and clay to make up so that they can start dating and make my ship real and i can be happy again <laughs> she said zach wow i think that zach's tape is so far the worst really the pettiness is so far or she says the pettiness of what he did is of epic proportions i can't even imagine someone going in someone else's compliment bag and taking stuff out just so they didn't get them petty okay so she rejected you big fucking deal get over yourself i don't even think it was like a rejection it was just more like (laughs) like okay if you don't like me fine but I am trying to see if you're okay but like I said I feel where she was coming from absolutely in that moment so I don't blame her reaction I don't understand why he felt like he had to belittle her in this way I think he should not have been so surprised that she didn't want to be with him or go out on a date with him look at who your friends are the majority of your entourage have personally done something to hurt her and make her feel like shit so why are you so surprised that she doesn't trust you or your so-called feelings and to make matters worse he knew how she was feeling he knew she was lonely he knew she was sad and worst of all he knew for sure that hannah was suicidal and didn't do anything i completely understand why clay was done with the tapes after that one that one was the hardest to listen to and the hardest to know and i don't know what i would 
if I would be strong enough to continue either. I would feel the same way as Clay and it's not a surprise that he's lost his shit. I would too. His response in my opinion is normal and most people who are in touch with their emotions should feel this way. I feel like she just dragged me for filth. <laughs> like you heartless bitch. <laughs> and it's fair. And hey, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel and I get it. I had a different reaction to it, but I am also, I think I've mentioned this before, I'm a product of bullying as well. And I know it comes in different ways and people are, are different, um, you know, have different responses to different things. And I have to, I know I have to be more open-minded about it because I, that's just me in general. I can get very, very, like I'm non-judgmental as a person, but I am not very, um, I can sometimes be one, one-minded, one-track-minded, narrow-minded. Is that the right word on certain aspects just because I'm not familiar with feeling that way or I've come from a place where like no excuses <laughs> that, you know, you can't tell me you've been through what I've been through. And if I can get through it and Hey, I can show you what worked and what didn't, or I can tell you what worked and what didn't and what those, those inner dialogues were like. I can give you that perspective because it's my perspective. But anyone who shines light on another, maybe I don't understand it from this way. I respect that as well. Um, now I have two more things I need to get off my chest. It's kind of petty and they don't have anything to do with Hannah Baker committing suicide. They're just things I keep noticing and they're bothering me. The first issue is the scar that's on Clay's forehead. It is really disturbing and distracting. It's really bothersome to me and they need to put a band-aid back over it or make it heal because either way it's driving me crazy. I didn't even notice. It's a weird jaundice looking yellowish color and it's gross. My second issue is the fact that whenever there's a major issue in the hallway or in the parking lot of the school, there's no teachers around. The only adult that seems to be available is always the damn counselor. I agree. He cannot be the only adult in the whole ass school. Antoine Fisher is starting to get on my last nerves. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of looking at his face. So I'm going to need the other teachers to step up and start acting like they actually work at the school. Protect these kids and be around to break up fights. And pull Clay away when he's losing his shit in the middle of the hallway with all the foreign exchange students. And that's uh, <laughs> and she says and that's that on that. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Aloha. Um, that's all the words I need. <laughs> I yeah, I'm glad we had the same complaint about the teachers because that shit's just not realistic. It's not realistic. Well, I don't have any additional thoughts, but if you want to send feedback on the next episode of Thirteen Reasons Why, you can send that to Black Girl Couch at gmail.com you can find this podcast on stitcher itunes spotify podbean and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes and leave a review until the next time peace hair grease and black girl magic <laughs>